On today's podcast, we do Legends Part 2 with Iron Man legend Dave Scott. This is the We Do Podcast. everybody and welcome back to the we do podcast the we do podcast is brought to you by gray tech let's see what we can do together gray tech is available anywhere you download your apps or visit graytech.com for more information i am your host billy price and we are back again finishing up the interview with legend dave scott if you missed part one, please go back and download it, find it. Dave Scott is an amazing interview, and I'm going to pick right back up where we left off. So without further ado, part two of my talk with Dave Scott. Dave Scott provides full-service coaching and performance consultations for motivated triathletes of all abilities, from Ireland professionals to aspiring age groupers. Dave Scott will make you a faster triathlete. To find out more information, visit DaveScottInc.com and tell Dave you heard it in the We Do podcast. Proven results guaranteed. Well, um, I tell you, I wanted to ask you too because I am an Ironman coach and I wanted to know how that association came with you because you're one of the Ironman master coaches. So how, how did that work out for you? Oh, uh, we just gave ourselves that, that title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Master on there. I don't know. I think it's kind of a silly name. It's rather pretentious. Uh, a master coach. What does that mean? <laughs> you know, in, in this country, we don't need to have any educational background. You can just go to <clears throat> Walmart and have some shirts made and you're good to go. And it says coach. And put it on your website. Um, I, I, I think that, you know, the coaching part, which we've talked about, is has been part of my blood for a long time yeah. and you know Ironman master coach I think obviously because of my athletic career there but people knew that I also was was coaching athletes during mm-hmm. the whole time I was racing so when Ironman U uh, kind of formed the foundation of their coaching program they wanted a set of advisors okay and those advisors are, are you know Mark Allen obviously for the same reasons as myself and Lance Watson um is the third one and Matt, Matt Dixon and then Paula Newby Frazier is also in there and she works for Ironman Corporation. So uh, we've been on a call every single Monday except Labor Day yeah. uh, since March trying to weave through Ironman. And, and as, as we were talking about, uh, I think the master coaches, we're all different. Our philosophies are, are different. Our principles are, are different in a lot of ways. There mm-hmm. is a line because we're, we're not teaching curling or cricket, you know, it's triathlon. Yeah. But uh, I, I feel as though the master coaches should be more available to the IMU coaches and also to the general public because when people go to the Ironman website and they see us, well, where's the information from Dave Scott and Mark Allen? And 
we've done a lot of lot of videos. We've done a case studies where we've actually had athletes. I've got a 54 year old woman and she really has difficulty with XXX. Mm-hmm. It could be nutritionally. It could be a Achilles injury. It could be, a, you know, I just don't have the power on the bike, on the flats. And I, I feel all of those have application to such a broad spectrum. Ironman U has a big, pretty big library, and they're getting better. And I and I would say this to the principal folks with them in disseminating information. I know coming up real soon, Saturday. Yeah. One of the virtual shows that they've been doing, uh, VR23, is about the amateur athletes. Okay. And I had one that did did the the, uh, the swim and the bike, and he's had a few issues, or excuse me, sw- the swim and the run. He's not going to be on there, but I'm going to be on the show in the morning on Saturday morning. Awesome. And uh, it, it starts around 8 o'clock uh, mountain time. So I'm hoping, and again, we talked about this, we have a, we have a meeting tomorrow, and, and I'm hoping that the coaches or athletes that come on can say, hey, Dave, I got a question. Yeah. And I have said this to everyone. I said, that's what I love to do. I love the spontaneity of it. If I don't know the answer, I'm not going to make up some you know, <laughs> bucket of baloney. I, uh, you know, uh, I generally can weave through the questions and that's what I'd like to do. So I'm ho- I'm hoping I get a firestorm of questions. Yeah. You, and you can tell the passion that you have for this coaching and getting out information. You know, this is awesome. We're talking to Dave, <laughs> to Dave Scott guys. Yeah. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up the, uh, six Ironman world championships. Does one stick out more than others for you? Well, 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 that's a darn good question. Uh, you know, I sort of remember them because I talk about them all the time. They yeah. come up in different media and podcasts <laughs> and so on. And, and, and some people that go back in the archives will say something about that. My first one, 1980, and then others will talk about my last one in, in, in 1987. Mm-hmm. Um, 87 is vivid. That was my sixth one. I didn't think I, you know, I thought, well, I could win a few more. Uh, at, in that particular race, like a number of the other races prior to that, I felt pretty good on the swim. I knew uh, Mark Allen was right behind me. There was kind of a sea of people. And yeah. the, the fast guys were about 200 meters ahead. I want to be in that group. But I I, I was always pulling the, the rest of the sheep. <laughs> and I knew Mark was on my feet, which was fine. We, we virtually rode together uh, the entire time. Mm-hmm. This was 87 and and then we got on the run, and you know, people know Mark's history as well. He kind of fumbled through that Ironman race for a number of years. He f- figured it out in '89. Yeah. So as we went along Elite Drive at three miles in the run, I, I felt dreadful. I just felt, I mean, I looked unsightly. Mark's Mark's a beautiful runner, and I just look like a, a wounded <laughs> buffalo or something. Uh, I'm just dreadful to look at, uh, and I and I felt bad and. It, there was a moment about three miles. I just said, you know, I, I just got to collect myself. You know, Mark is here, but I, I just needed to, to work on my form and relax and and be comfortable. And I was confident that it was going to come around. Yeah, there certainly was a a seed that says I don't feel very good. I hope this doesn't stick with me for the next twenty three miles. So at that moment, I, I slowed down a little bit, and Mark looked back and looked back and looked back again, like, "What are you doing?" You know, mm-hmm. so early in the race, you can't be tired. And I, I, I think there was a little bit of a uh, an, an unknown, something that he didn't plan on. That all of a sudden he would have this lead, and he just took off. He had eight minutes on me uh, before I knew it. But I started feeling better, 
Uh, at about eight or nine miles, I said, oh, okay, I feel like I'm running. Boy, Mark's got this huge gap, but keep going, keep going. And at, the, at that time in 87, we would go beyond the airport. So when we made this turn, it was roughly 10 miles coming back to the finish line. Okay. When I made that turn, I said, okay, I gotta go. I gotta, I gotta catch him, but I, I want, didn't want to do the math. I'm pretty good with jock math. And I, yeah. I didn't figure out what that was per mile, how many seconds. So I, I realized I was catching them. My allies are there and they're mm-hmm. giving me time splits. And then I could finally see the ABC van on Mark ahead of me. And okay. I, I said, I'm going to get him. And there was a very funny moment in the coverage. And I, I know you can Google this or your listeners can. They'll see this. And they, they actually caught this on the tape. As I got close to him, I said, well, gee, I'm bloody tired. I hope he doesn't jump on my feet. I'm going to go around to the far right side of the road. Mark was on the left. Both vans were between us now. So I was shielded okay. by both vans. It's a very funny scene. And the commentator at the time, I don't remember who, who was doing it, maybe Marty LaCroix. He, he he caught it on camera. He goes, there's Dave Scott, you know, hiding from Mark. <laughs> that was darn right. And so I went by and I kept thinking, well, I'll speed up here, but I hope Mark doesn't get an energy surge. So answering your question, I I was able to, to hang on. I, I wanted the finish line to be another 200 yards ahead so I could collapse. Yeah. Uh, I ended up beating Mark that year. And, and that was the sixth one. But I, I'll, I'll just mention um, – I'm always introduced to six-time Ironman world champion. It doesn't matter what talk or what uh, invitation I'm given. That that is my, uh, you know, my name will probably be on my my brave <laughs> head and so on. Maybe not. I hope not. But the, the the most memorable race and the most memorable race for me uh, psychologically was really the last Ironman race that I did in, in uh, Kona. No one no one really knows about it. They okay. they know. They don't want to bring it up, but I got fifth yeah. and that was 1996. So I was second in 1994. I wanted to go back in 95. I broke my toe in the gym, dropped the 25 pound oh, weight. No. That kind of hurt. I was looking at a good looking woman and that was a problem. <laughs> uh, and then in 96, I went back and I was 42 and quietly I, I thought to myself and I told close family and friends, I, I said, you know, I think I can win this year. Yeah. I had a, Good taste of it in 40 at 40 and Greg Budge beat me on the run. That was disappointing. I couldn't do anything about it, but I said, yeah, 42, I'm going to, I'm going to, this is it. I'm going to yeah. win this year. And that was maybe 10 people I told, uh, any, any journalist that would ask me, I'd say, I don't know. We'll just let the race unfold. Yeah. So, uh, the start of the swim, I didn't have that stellar swim that I just described in 87. I was back in this, you know, this vicious sea of piranha, and I recognized the people I was swimming with. And I said, well, I'm faster than him. I sh- should be up there. But I, I couldn't get out of it. And the bike, I said, I know I'm stronger. I trained better. I just felt as though, you know, I'm going to take off on the bike. I-, I was flat. I was real flat. My legs were – basically, I think I did a little bit too much coming into it, particularly the last 10 days. Yeah. And I rode that whole bike ride until about mile 85, feeling sorry for myself. Like, oh, boy, this is terrible. And I'd see these – I see the media truck come by and they take a few shots and a lot of the media that I had known for years, you know, I, I think they started feeling sorry for me. And I, and I thought this is silly, but it took me a long time to recognize the, the great opportunity that I had. And that was to run the marathon. Yeah. I just, I don't know 
where this is going to take me, but I'm going to run like a crazy man. So I got off on the bike and I didn't know what place I was in. I found out after the race was over, but I, I thought I was in 50th. I was in 26th place and I saw my family and I said, just tell me where number 10 is. I wanted to get in the top 10. It meant a lot to me at that moment. It wasn't winning. Yeah. So I was able to catch the 10th guy at about mile um, 20 and I just kept whittling through the field and then I thought I'll, I can catch a few more. <laughs> yeah. I moved into fifth. So coming across the finish line uh, in 1996 I, and I wasn't my fastest run there, but around 245, uh, I thought, okay, this was a, this was a great day on paper. Terrible, but yeah. a great day for me. Well, is there any technology that you could go back in time and bring yourself that you could use that we use today that you wish you had back then? <laughs> oh boy. I got a cool Argon bike and it's yes. like, a rock. I wish I was, you know, it was 30 years ago uh, that I could sit on that thing. It's just fast. Yes. I, I have an Argon too. I, I'm an E19, E119. <laughs> beautiful bikes. And, uh, uh, I don't have my 19, I, I've given away everything, but I had my 1980 Ironman bike mm-hmm. and I've taken it to different talks and people are just utterly dumbfounded. They just look at that thing. It's steel. The wheels have a hundred spokes. They're, you know, nothing aerodynamic about it at yeah. all. The clothing wasn't aerodynamic. The bikes were, you know, at the time the technology, I had a nice bike, but now they're rockets and, yeah. and with all you know the different types of tubing and wind tunnel testing as you know yes would i do something differently but i get one of those bikes and move it back 30 years <laughs> they are a heck of a lot faster yeah uh, and you know the times show that i mean the, the cycling times are outrageous and in kona you know sort of the gold bar for us was well can you ride 25 miles an hour around 436 i think i rode, rode 437 in uh, 89 and 94 and and now we're seeing times in the teens mm-hmm. so they're in kona yeah they're fast they're going 27 plus plus and it's you know it's outrageous how quick it is uh it still comes down to the run though yeah. really. so yes that's a whole new game and a lot of those great athletes and i want them to run fast because they should be able to run 230 and they're not doing it but the bike technology is you know obviously that is the huge difference and you know skin suits on the swim those are faster and mm-hmm. yeah the technology evolves so um, at the time we thought we were riding the, the golden nugget yeah. <laughs> well you're here because you have started a, a dave scott triathlon club do you want to share how that came about and and what you're offering as a you know at, for dave scott triathlon yeah, I have a, I've had a club for uh, about three plus years and um, it has uh, 12-week programs in there for different levels, 70.3, uh, Ironman distance. And starting at the end of this year, uh, I'm relaunching everything, the whole website really? uh, and the offering. And part of it is that, yeah, obviously the, the triathlon club is a triathlon-related uh, group. So I have these programs I have a, a forum in there where people can ask me questions. I modify their programs. Um, I have probably 50 videos on it, so we have a video vault. So all the members have access to me. 
And when people say, well, is it just a, a paper program? You know, I can I can change that program, modify that program to okay. fit the athlete's needs. And, and I've done that many, many, many times. And we and we talk about that. Plus, I do um, webinars. I was doing uh, one every two weeks during COVID. I, I, I've only done a, a couple, but I'm going to renew those. Yeah. But what I'm starting is uh, a broader funnel because the information that I like to talk about, not just for triathletes and not to segment society, but, you know, I'd like a 55 year old woman and a 22 year old guy to say, hey, I really like that stuff that Dave talked about, uh, about macadamia nuts and pecans. And, uh, he was, you know, he's talking about different nuts and, and I thought peanuts were good. And now he said, no, macadamia nuts are better. Yeah. Kind of a silly example. So people will be able to come in to my, my site, Dave, Dave Scott Incorporated, mm-hmm. and they'll be able to look at these offerings that I have independent of Dave Scott Tri Club. Yeah. And, and they may say, well, you know, I just want to sharpen my training program because I, I missed a lot of time, but I really like Dave's six week build program or six week vo2 program or i'm injured and i have a back to run program so lots of components about 40 to 50 different components i have a lot of uh, dietary new nutritional information on low carb high fat or keto so i have i have i'm not a i I actually like to cook i'm pretty decent but i I like red wine too Uh, (laughs) yeah so i I have you know 12 low carb high fat dinners lunches and so on. So a lot of different lower price point items as opposed to coming into DSTC, mm-hmm. which, you know, people have to write a bigger check. And, and I just, you know, I felt like, golly, I, I, I like talking about, I, I did a video recently on eye, eye health. I've done yeah. stuff on skincare. I've done, you know, on, on general inflammation and, you know, how do I, how do I lose this 10 pounds and, and garner, greater lean body weight. And then I also do specific stuff okay. as well. like I just, I'm, you know, I'm a lousy swimmer. Someone tells me my elbow drops on the front and how do I correct it? Gotcha. So a lot of different pieces. So it stems off DSTC and, uh, ho- you know, hopefully in 2021, uh, my scope of people that are coming to me either on my newsletter, which is free. They can just go to my website and they can get it. You know, that has information or listening to my webinars or going to the YouTube channel or Instagram or Twitter, whatever they want. I have I, all those things, but you know, I, it's my thing is I'm not going to put out some schlocky information. Mm-hmm. And I'm steadfast about, you know, it, it does that, is that really good, vibrant information? Is it somewhat science-based? Is it anecdotal? Is it just my impression? What, what is it? So I, I try to define that, not just selling a, a golden spoon that breaks in half. You know, I, 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 I can't do that and I won't do that. So I have a little bit of integrity. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, as a um, newsletter subscriber for years, the information is by far the best that I get. So I appreciate that newsletter. And if, if that's the indication as to what the DSTC is, uh, I'm going to sign myself up too. <laughs> well, you don't have to sign up yet. Uh, I mean, you, you should really, I'll say you should wait. I mean, yeah. you're a coach, you're a triathlete, so there's a lot of information in there. Mm-hmm. And I should have a coach's program. It's what we've talked about. How can coaches join my program and how can I interact with the coaching Oh, that'd be sector? wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. 
we have we we have looked into that, and it's one of the areas that I I feel like I need to open up the door, and it pertains to the same question that you'd ask about Iron Man U, mm-hmm. is the accessibility is you know in any industry you, you want access to to you know experts, and I've been in the the sporting world. Uh, with biomechanics and kinesiology and nutrition for a long time, not just my athletic things. Yeah. And that's what really excites me. And I like talking about it. Cool. Well, I'm going to end on one more question. And as I was doing my research, I found the Centurion bike that you were promoting back in the day. Um, You think you could race that instead of the Argon or what, how did that bike come about? (laughs) Well, I, I rode that center in, uh, in several Ironman races. Yeah, uh, there was there wasn't a tri-specific bike, and this was in '86. Uh, we first started looking at the uh, early '86 development of a tri bike, and and I had an agreement, a sponsorship agreement with Centurion, which was actually Western States Imports, which was the name of the parent company, and they, they had some innovative people, and we just talked about well, like. What's the difference? 87 was the first year that tri bars came out. Okay. And I saw the very first tri bars. Uh, this guy, Boone Lennon, who worked for Scott, not, no relation to me, but Scott uh, in the skiing industry. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, I made this aerodynamic sort of tuck position that replicates a downhill skier. And, I, and he made it out of wood and he put it on my bike. And I said, oh my gosh, this thing is crazy. Yeah. And then triathletes were using it in 87. And of course, I was a little bit slow. I said, well, I should, should have put it on because they're going fast on the bike. Um, so, yeah, what was your question? <laughs> I was just asking about the Centurion. If you well, want to... Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. It's been a long day. No problem. The, the Centurion, uh, the evolution of that was how, how can we tweak it to make, make it more tri-specific? Okay. And so they, they did do the, the C-tube was moved forward just a little bit. I said, well, maybe we move it forward just a little bit because you got to open up your hip angle. Mm-hmm. That sort of makes sense. And that was really the premise of the aero bars. So we came out with some pre-ads on this. And then it was the Dave Scott yeah. Ironman mm-hmm. bike. And we had an Ironman agreement. And that bike was hotcakes. I mean, that, <laughs> <laughs> was it? There, there was a time when I made money on, on a product. <laughs> and uh, two years in a row, they sold 38,000 of those bikes, about 38,000 each wow. year. Yeah. And I... The irony is I, I I gave one to a friend way back when. He sent it back a while ago. And my son also had one when he was in high school. I have two okay. boys. And Drew just rode the death out of it. And I just finally put it on my, my corner. I live on a corner. Uh-huh. And I was, you know, take this. It's free. And, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I see him every once in a while when I travel. I still see some in Boulder. And Do you? they're all modified. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Because some of the colors were pretty gaudy. But... Uh, those are the glory days, and that, that Dave Scott Ironman bike uh, still lives on. <laughs> yeah, it, the color was what struck me—that purpley pink color. I was like, "Wow, Dave, okay." <laughs> well, they had purple, pink, they had yellow, and black. Okay, <laughs> they had a green one there. Yeah, there. I think there was four different iterations of it, yeah. but all the same geometry. Yeah, that was during the wild days where people wore, you know, very very bright clothes along with that yeah. too. They weren't necessarily functional. And to some degree, they were, but they were just flamboyant. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember seeing some of the photos of you um, and some of the outfits that you had on. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I had a lot of people uh, mocking. Paula Newby Fraser is really brilliant at that. She can mimic me to a T. Yeah. Way when, and I said, really, I was that bad? She goes, oh, no, you were worse. <laughs> so, yeah, the, some of that stuff was pretty garish, and, and we wore it. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, well, Coach, I don't want to take any more of your time up. I really appreciate all the time that we spent together. 
And everybody go out and check out the Dave Scott Triathlon Club. That's going to be an amazing experience. Thank you, Coach. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for having me. Enjoy yeah. chatting with you. And there you have it. You have the interview with Ironman legend Dave Scott. How awesome is that? You know, hearing him talk about the battle between he and Mark Allen, uh, I read his book and it brought me back to the pages right then and there, that battle that was going on in Kona out to the energy lab and back. So hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, once again, that was Dave Scott. Go out and check out his website, DaveScottTriathlonClub.com. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, go out and follow us. It's on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, the We Do Podcast. And we appreciate you tuning in every week. And we will see you next time as we discuss all the cool things that we do.